During Easter, week by week, we have tried to reflect on the different manifestations of the resurrection. On Easter Sunday, we reflect on the event of the resurrection, the historical proof, the charisma. But then we meditate on the presence of the recent Christ in scriptures, the following Sunday in the community of faith. Also, we reflect on the testimony of the priesthood and consecrated life in the Good Shepherd Sunday. And last week, we reflect about the presence of miracles in our lives. And today we want to reflect on the interior witness of the Holy Spirit in our souls. Today's gospel is from John 14th, and existentially this was in the Last Supper. Jesus knew he was about to leave, but that night in the intimacy of the upper room, he made an incredible promise. He said, I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to be with you always. In other words, Jesus, Jesus knew that his friends, just like us, in a random week, would encounter challenges to follow him. They would encounter challenges to be his disciples in a post-Christian world. But he never thought of leaving them alone. Instead, that night, he promised that he would send another helper. And the word he uses is advocate. And the original meaning of the word advocate helps us to understand the specific role of the Holy Spirit. There is no one way of translating advocate, but there are several. But basically, it means someone who is called in. It might be a person called in to give witness in a law court in someone's favor. It might be an advocate called in to plead the cause of someone under a charge which would issue severe penalty. It might be also an expert that is called in to advise to some problematic situation. It might be a person also in the original Greek that is called in when, for example, a company of soldiers would be depressed or frightened and they needed new courage. So an advocate is always someone that is called in to help specifically in times of trouble or need. A more contemporary word that we could use is comforter, to think about the Holy Spirit as a comforter. But we need to, in some way, purify that term because we typically think that a comforter is that person that expresses sympathy or is supportive when we are sad. And that is part of it, but the Holy Spirit is much more than that. The Holy Spirit, I would say, is comforter because deep down he removes the inadequacies and enables us to cope with life. And this is what the disciples experienced. Before the coming, before this promise, they felt that they were not equipped for this amazing mission that they had been entrusted. So Jesus is saying today, I am setting you a hard task. And I am sending you on a challenge, challenging engagement. But I will send you someone, my advocate, who will guide you on how to do it, and he will enable you to do it. So what happened in the life of the disciples when they believed in this promise? 
And what could happen in our lives this coming week if we start invoking the Holy Spirit? Because this is the promise of Jesus. Two things are very clear in the Acts of the Apostles, and we will ask tonight that they will happen in our lives. First of all, this advocate, this defender, expels fears. It's an amazing, a unique action of the Holy Spirit. And I think this is so relevant because many experts insist that anxiety and depression are the most common diseases of the 21st century. A few months ago, I read an article about a famous psychiatrist that, and there it said something that struck me. It said, 90% of the things that worry us never happen. I was happy to read that, that statistic. Our, it says, our mind and body do not distinguish between what is real and what is imaginary. The same defense mechanism is activated for one or the other. I think that is so true. How many times we fear things that are not real, that our fears are many times imaginary. As a kid, at one point I remember when I started watching terror movies. And then of course, I, every time I would, back, I would go back to my room at night, I was convinced that someone was hidden under the bed or in the bathroom. So I could not sleep unless I would turn on the light, take courage, breathe, and say, okay, let us see if someone is there. I would see it, and then I was able to, to sleep. Of course, we may have in our lives real fears, but I convince that most of them are not so real. And they are not real because many times we imagine challenging situations without the presence of Jesus. And that for a disciple is an unreal fear. To think that I need to overcome a challenging situation without the power, without the love of the Holy Spirit. For a son of God, that is an unreal fear because we have received this promise. And so we fear how we will perform. For example, we are preparing for this mission and many of us are we have this anxiety, will I do good? Will I be able to interact? But sometimes we think of that situation without this promise, without the glory of the Holy Spirit upon us. So Jesus knows all our fears and, and he could foresee what those fears would be. And that is why today he wants us, first of all, to have this interior certainty, the whisper of the Holy Spirit saying that you are a son, a daughter of God, that you are not alone, that there's promises waiting for you. He moves to move from moving us and take away any spirit of orphanhood and put filial trust. That's the unique work of the Holy Spirit. Paul in Romans 8 says that it's the spirit of adoption that convinces intuitively, convinces us intuitively that we are sons and daughters of a beloved father. And that is why Jesus says today, I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. So I invite you, even the rest of this mass, to name one fear and to start invoking this powerful advocate. But secondly, the Holy Spirit does not limit his work to that. The second work of the Holy Spirit is not only to remove our fears, but that we may become 
advocates for others. It's a beautiful experience of the Acts of the Apostles, how these fearful men and women, once they received the Holy Spirit, they in some way became advocates, comforters for the Gentile world. Paul says to the Corinthians, blessed be God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who encourages us in our every affliction so that we may be able to encourage those who are in any affliction with the encouragement with which ourselves are encouraged by God. So Paul understood this. That the Holy Spirit does not only remove fear, but it equips us to comfort others. Isn't that a sign of God's mercy? That he does not only lift us up, but he uses us even in our miseries to comfort others. That's amazing grace. It's the grace of God. So once you have experienced the consolation of the Spirit, you are ready to console others. We could say in a bold statement that in certain way the Holy Spirit needs us to be advocates. He wants to console, he wants to defend, he wants to give advice, to plead other people's cause. But the Holy Spirit now has neither mouth, nor hands, nor eyes to make himself present. He has hours. So how to console others during this week? Paul says something very specific. We must encourage others with the same encourage we receive from God. So what Paul is saying is that we are not meant to offer this week a cheap consolation to others, like, okay, have courage things will be better. No. It's about consoling others either with the word of the word of God or with the word that has been heard in prayer. Let me tell you one word, one single word of the word of God or the word that you have heard in prayer are much more effective than a thousand words. I'll never forget, 10 years ago, two missionaries of the St. John Society, two guys that had just joined us. They were in college, and they went to mission in the slums of Buenos Aires. And they were, they had a, uh, an area that they were entrusted to visit, and they were clapping their hands and nobody was answering. They were about to leave, but one of them felt, let's give it one more chance. So they applause one more time. And a man, an older man, like comes, he was maybe in his 40s, he looked at them, he looked very sad. He said, what do you want? And they introduced themselves, or called students. You know, we are Catholic and just we want to share what the Lord has been doing in our lives. Okay, he said, come in. And these two men, I remember they told me that when they entered to that house, they felt that they couldn't say anything. They felt that they had never encountered like a similar situation. But they knew and they had prepared themselves, they knew that in the word of God there was power. So they simply read that time, one of the apparitions of the recent Christ, when he enters, the doors were closed, and he says, the peace be with you to, at, at, in the upper room. Well, something happened there. They felt the presence of the Spirit. Exteriorly, nothing, but they could feel it. And before leaving, this man says, can I show you something? Yes, he said, come to this next room. So 
they went with him to the next room, they opened it, and they saw a rope. And he said, before you knocked, I was about to hang myself. So I thank you so much for that word. That word has saved me. And I can tell that that man today is following Christ. In 10 hours from now, 40 of us will start a mission of evangelization to the island of St. Lucia. Students here from AU and, and CUA. And today, I invite you all that, that you may pray for us, that we may experience these two fruits of the Holy Spirit, all of us here in this Mass, but especially the missionaries, that we missionaries may be humble as we leave this church to start invoking the Holy Spirit so that he may expel any fear, any sense that we are in inadequate, that we are not ready for this mission. But most of all, let us pray that it will transform us into advocates of his people to St. Lucia, that we may receive his comfort so to comfort others. There is a 14th century prayer that speaks about how Jesus needs us to do his work. And it says, Christ has no hands, but only our hands to do his work today. Christ has no feet, but only our feet to guide men in his path. Christ has no lips, but only our lips to talk about him to people. Christ has no means, but only our help to lead men to him. We are the only Bible men read today. We are God's last message written in words and deeds.